For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Praise the Lord. Embrace the love. Praise the Lord. I want to thank you for tuning in today, and I want to encourage you to go to our website, crossboundministry.com, and shoot us an email. We'll sign you up for our newsletter, and by doing so, we'll also send you a free e-booklet on what happens right after a Christian dies. We're in the book of John today, John chapter 8. John chapter 8 and verse 12 is where we're going to start in the Bible. We had just finished the story of the woman that was sinning when the Pharisees dragged this woman who was committing adultery. She was caught in the very act and here we have just finished that so now we're starting in verse number 12 then spake jesus again unto them saying i am the light of the world he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life and so the scene now shifts from the, the woman there, but now to the treasury of the temple is where they're at. And now there's still a multitude, a multitude following him. Many, many people are listening. And he turned to them and he made one of the most heavenly statements. He said, I am the light of the world. Amen. He didn't say one of, he says, am, I am. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man come to the Father but by me. And here he's making the same kind of statement. I am the light of the world. Now, if you just think of that in a natural context, if you heard a man say, I am the light of the world, you would say, what? Are you out of your mind? Are you crazy? What do you mean you're the light of the world? It, the sun is what lights up everything on this planet. And so from the natural point, you would go, What? But you have to remember, this is Jesus. This is not a man. This is God in the flesh. And he said, I am the light of the world. The light. The one that is so powerful that with his mere words, he spoke the sun, the moon, the stars, and the sea into existence. The one, the, the earth can fit into the sun 1.3 million times. Did you know that? It would take 1.3 million earths to equal the size of the sun. Yet Jesus, his words are so powerful, he spoke that into existence. And here he is saying with those same words, I am the light of the world. And so naturally speaking, the world is in the darkness 
It's in darkness of sin. It's living in ignorance of the truth. And here Jesus says, I am the light. I come to shine light on that darkness so that you may see the truth. Because you can't see the truth of the darkness. But oh, when the light shines on it, what a difference it makes. You can see where it's at, where you're at. You can see where you need to go. It just shows you all kinds of things. And apart from him, apart from Jesus, there is no deliverance from the blackness of sin. There is nothing and nobody that can forgive sin except for Jesus. Oh, men have tried all kind of things and all kind of religion, the power of positive thinking and all those things, but nothing can truly deliver a man, a woman, or a little boy, or a little girl from the blackness of sin except for the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. Why do I say finished? Because there's nothing that you can add to it. It is finished. And so apart from him, there's no guidance along the way of life. No knowledge as to the real meaning of life or eternity. You know, you hear of rich people going, I got to go find myself. And they travel the world looking for who I am. But can I just say you will never find out who you truly are apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. Apart from the person that created you. Apart from the person that breathed life into you. All your parents might have had you, but God Almighty Jesus Christ is the giver of life. And until you meet him, until you know him personally, you do not really have a purpose for your life. But oh my, how God can change you, make you, and mold you, and show you the purpose for your life. But more so than that, even if you could find your purpose in this life, you see, one day you're going to get, even if you're if you're blessed or you're lucky, whatever you want to call it, if you get old, if you're and you're one day you're going to die and say so you've done everything that you want to do, but one day your heart's going to stop and you're going to step out into eternity. And you see, it's that decision that you have made about the Lord Jesus Christ that would determine where you will go. There's only two places according to the Bible. There is heaven and there is hell. There is no in-between. There is no purgatory. The Bible says there is a heaven and there is a hell. There is only two places. So what you do with the Lord Jesus Christ will depend, will determine your eternal destination. And so Jesus promised that anyone following him, anyone would not walk in darkness, but that they would have the light of life, that living water that moves in. It's like a well springing up inside of a person. That's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit taking up residence inside of you. So many people have the mistaken idea that they can live a good life without Jesus. They can even live a religious life without Jesus. They can even try to be a Christian without Jesus. But can I just say, apart from being born again, you are living in this mistake. You are lying to yourself because the Bible says there's none good, no, not one, except for God himself. And so you could never be good enough. And so to follow Jesus means to come to him in repentance. Repentance is simple. That's, that may sound like a big word if you don't understand it, but repentance is very simple. Say so you're going down the wrong path. 
You're going down to the path of destruction and problems and hurts and pains and sin. And you stop and you realize it. And hey, I don't want to go down this path no more. And you stop and you look at God and you put your eyes on Jesus and you say, you know what? God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the way I've been living. I'm sorry for the sin in my life. And you turn from that and you start walking God's way. You see, it's a decision that you make. I'm going to repent. I'm going to stop what I'm doing because I'm sorry that I'm hurting God and I'm going to start doing what he wants me to do. I'm going to stop going my way and I'm going to start going his way. And so to trust him as Lord and Savior, repent of your sins and then you trust him. I can't save myself, but he can trust me. And then there's even one more step, not for salvation. No, salvation is completed. That once you realize you're a sinner in need of a savior, you repent of your sins, you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You are saved. The Bible says that you are sealed unto the day of redemption. But then as a Christian, as a born again, Christian, you can then commit your life to him. Wait a minute. You say, I, I thought I did that when I got saved. No, you got saved from the fires of hell. You got saved from the penalty of sin. You are on your way to heaven. But committing your life to him is another step in the Christian life. When you're already saved, but you're not really serving him, you're just doing what you want to do. And you stop and you say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to commit my life to you. And that's when people go to the mission field. People surrender to preach. People do all kind of great and wonderful things for the Lord when they commit their life to him. Yes, you are a child of God, but you've got, it's an act of the will. I'm going to commit myself to the Lord. I'm going to make my life count for him, not for me, but for him. And so those who do this have guidance for life. What a, a clear, bright hopeful future beyond the grave for a person that has repented of their sins and put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he's talking to the Pharisees here in verse number 13, John chapter eight and verse 13 says, the Pharisees therefore said unto him, thou bearest record of thyself. Thy record is not true. Hey, those Pharisees, they, they now they're challenging Jesus on a legal point. They remind him that, hey, you are testifying of yourself and your record is not true because it's not sufficient with our law that you can testify of yourself because we are humans. We're, we're naturally biased. We're naturally self-protective. But you have to remember Jesus is God in the flesh. And these Pharisees here, they didn't mind trying to cast doubt on the words of Jesus or making him look bad as much as they possibly could. Verse number 14, Jesus answered and said unto them, though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. For I know whence I came and whither I go, but ye cannot tell whence I came and whither I go. Hey, the Lord recognized that it, it usually does. It takes two or three witnesses, but in Jesus's case, but in his case, his witness was absolutely true. He is God. He knew that he had come from heaven and he knew he was going back to heaven. He, I know where I came from and I know where I'm going. Hey, you want to be like Jesus? Once you get saved, you'll know where you came from and you'll know where you're going. Amen. And so they did not, they did not 
see it. They did not want to see it that, hey, this is God in the flesh. And I want you to pay close attention to that verse where it says, for I know whence I came and whither I go, but ye cannot tell whence I come and whither I go. I want you to notice what Jesus says, for I know, K-N-O-W, know. You know, when I was a child, I used to hear these preachers come and preach and they would say, you better know that you know that you know that you have been saved. And I thought, what are they talking about? I, you, you just know it, you just know it. But no, there's a difference between hoping it and maybe and wanting the best for it and I hope so and I think so and probably so and maybe so and I'm pretty sure. No, there's a difference when you know. Jesus said, for I know. He says, I know. Can I ask you today, do you know that you are a child of God? You see, when you know it, when you know it, the Spirit of God has moved inside of you. And the Bible says that His Spirit will bear witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. You will know, like those preachers said, you will know, you better know that you know that you know. And I did not know what that meant until I truly got born again. And now I know. Just like Jesus says here, for I know. He says, I know where I come from and I know where I'm going, amen. And let me tell you, as a Christian, that is a great feeling. Yeah, I know where I come from. I came from sin. I came from the wrong side. I came from sin and I was going down the wrong path. But thank God, Jesus picked me up, polished me up and made me a child of God because I repented of my sins, put my faith and trust in the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And now I know where I'm going. Amen. Just like Jesus. He says, I know where I'm going, but they didn't. The Pharisees couldn't, they couldn't fully comprehend that. They thought he was just another man like themselves and would not believe that he was the eternal son equal with God the Father. Verse number 15. Ye judge after the flesh. I judge no man. This is Jesus talking here. What did he say? Ye judge after the flesh. I judge no man. What do you mean, Jesus judged no man? If you just read that, you go, what is that, a contradiction? What do you, what do you mean? And so the Pharisees judged others by outward appearances and by human standards kind of the way same way we do you meet somebody they got a suit and tie on you think wow they they must be somebody or, or something and they could have the deepest and darkest heart that you have ever met and you have judged them by their outward standards by the gold ring the watch the suit the, the tie the nice house the nice car hey you have judged them but god doesn't see that jesus doesn't see that jesus looks right to the heart. And the Lord Jesus said that he judged no one. Hey, this may mean that he not judge men according to worldly standards or, or more probably he was saying that, hey, that's not my job at this time. I've not come to judge, but I've come to be the savior of the world. Now there will be a time when Jesus judges at the judgment seat of Christ, but that'll be for only Christians, for those that have been saved. It'll be for the works that they have done for the Lord Jesus Christ, whether they were for themselves or were they for Jesus. Amen. Verse number 16. And yet, if I judge, this is Jesus talking, and yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone. But I and the Father that sent me. He says, I'm not alone. I'm not even bearing witness or record of myself, but the Father that sent me. I'm not alone. If the Lord were to judge, his judgment would be righteous 
and they would be true. Why? Because God is a holy and righteous and just God. He is God and everything he does is in partnership with Father who sent him. Over and over again, the Lord Jesus emphasized to the Pharisees that he had unity. He was one with the Father. I am God's son. And this, this stirred up hatred and bitterness and anger toward him. And let me just tell you, if you're going to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, and you're going to witness that, hey, Jesus is God's son, Jesus is God in the flesh, it's going to stir up some anger. It's going to stir up some bitterness. You're going to stir up some problems. But listen, you keep right on witnessing, you keep right on telling, and you keep right on preaching. Amen. Because it may make them mad, but it makes God happy. So you keep right on witnessing. Verse number 17. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am the one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me beareth witness of me. The Lord acknowledged that the testimony of two witnesses was required by the law of Moses. And nothing he said intended to deny that. He was not denying that at all. Jesus did have two witnesses, first of all. He bore witness of himself with his sinless, spotless, perfect life and the words that came out of his mouth. And secondly, the Father, God, bore witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is your two witnesses. And so Christ fulfilled the prophecies of the Old Testament concerning the Messiah, but yet those in front of him even with all the evidence, they chose not to believe. They chose to reject the Lord Jesus as their Savior. Can I just say it's the same today, even though these men were Jews and Pharisees, even today, Gentiles and Jews alike, no matter how much evidence you show them, they choose to reject the Lord Jesus. And at the root of that, the Bible says that men love darkness. Men love sin. What did Jesus say? He says, I am the light of the world. See, when he comes in and he shines that light on their heart, on that darkness, and it shows them what a real sinner they truly are, but they can't stand it. How dare you shine that light on my heart? And that's why when you're shining for Jesus, people will get mad at you. They won't like you. They'll be short to you. They'll be angry at you. Why? It's not you. It's the light within you shining on their dark heart, and it shows them what they really are, but don't stop being a witness for the Lord Jesus because, hey, those ones that hate you today may love you tomorrow because tomorrow they may choose to repent because of your witness to them, because of your faithfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ. So you stay faithful in serving him. Verse 19, then said they unto him, where is thy father? Jesus answered, ye neither know me nor my father. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. I'm sure the Pharisees asked that question mockery. Hey, where's your father? Where's your dad at, huh? And Jesus lets them know, no one can know God the Father except through Jesus Christ. You know, there's a lot of praying goes on today, but then Jesus is nowhere in it. So you, it's okay to pray whoever you want, even pray to God. But listen, when you bring up the name of Jesus, hey, it 
bothers a lot of people. Why? Because there is power in the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus upsets the dark forces of the world. The demons and devils run and they are scared at the name of Jesus. Amen. And so that's why you got to remember it's a spiritual battle we're fighting. It's not a, a knuckle and flesh and blood fight, the Bible says. No, it's a spiritual battle. And so their rejection of Jesus made it impossible for them to honestly claim that they knew and loved God. And listen to me, if you hear somebody today and they say, I love God, but not Jesus. I don't want nothing to do with him. Hey, they're loving the wrong God because they're not loving the one true God. Not the, because you cannot know him apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. What did he say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. There is no other way. You're not going to build your own bridge. You're not going to go down somebody else's way. You're not going to climb over the fence. You're not going to dig under the fence. You're not going to make it except through the Lord Jesus Christ. And so if you reject Jesus, you have rejected salvation. You have rejected God. You have rejected heaven. You've rejected the light. You've rejected all that is good. But listen, Jesus wants you to repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in him. You see, we grab that sin because we love it and we bury it deep down inside and we have nine billion excuses of why I do this or why I act this way or because of this or because of that. But the truth is, it's because the Bible says men love darkness and that's the main and core reason they reject Jesus. Why? Because they love their sin. Verse number 20. These words spake Jesus in the treasury. As he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour was not yet come. The Lord is surrounded by divine protection. Amen. And let me just tell you, when you're working for the Lord, you're surrounded by divine protection. To all people may attack you. The devils and demons are coming after you if you're working for the Lord. But you listen to me. God's going to allow his work to be done. And so here where it talks about his hour of time, in other words, had not yet come. He had not yet been crucified on the cross. He had not yet died for the sins of the world. And that's what it's talking about when his hour had not yet come. God is going to allow his work to be done. Verse 21. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way and ye shall seek me and shall die in your sins. Whether I go, ye cannot come. Jesus showed perfect knowledge of the future. Jesus knew exactly what was going to happen. Jesus knew they were going to drive nails through his hands and through his feet and pierce his side and beat him where he was unrecognizable and pull out his beard. And yet, for the joy of salvation, he bore that burden. He most certainly did. And he told his critics he was going away, referring not only to his death and his burial, but amen to his resurrection and to his ascension back into heaven. The Jewish people would continue to seek for Messiah, hey, not realizing that he was right there, but yet they had rejected 
him. And because of their rejection in this verse, because they rejected the Lord Jesus Christ, they were going to die in their sin. But this is not what Jesus wanted. Even the Roman soldiers that nailed him to the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Listen, if Jesus can forgive them, he can forgive you, but you have to realize that you're a sinner. Realize you need a savior. Realize that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs. Located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.